So Josh, why are we devoting an episode to pre-built PCs? We aren't. But this episode is the Gateway Experience, which was an advertising blitz used by pre-built PC manufacturers Gateway to sell people on the idea that a pre-built PC was a better option than building your own. Now, I'm aware pre-built PCs are a bit of a scam price-wise, but I'm not entirely sure it's a conspiracy. Not all capitalism is a conspiracy, Joshua. Did you, you take that back. Uh, and also, it's not the point. In fact, I, I have been meaning to talk to you about this. About what? These intros, they kind of suggest that you read the title of the episode and then do no actual research into the topic. So? But isn't that a little bit unprofessional? Especially for a research academic? Look, when you have an H-index like mine, you don't actually have to read or research anything. You just say what you like and people listen to you and publish the findings. That's worrying. Well, think of me as an intelligence agency analyst, just making stuff up based upon my own personal experiences and reckons. Just like the CIA's endorsement of the Gateway Experience. Don't quite recall the CIA endorsing Pentium-based pre-built systems? Well, you wouldn't. You probably remember their use of RAM Enterprises. That's the company who specialised in hemisync technologies? The very... Uh, hang on, you did do the reading. Yes, but don't let the audience know. Otherwise, they're going to expect a lot more of me in future. And frankly, that Malik's Drones thing was less an act and more of a foretelling. Hmm. Yeah, worst case scenario, I can always replace you with Kakatalsen. The podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy, featuring Josh Addison and M. Dentith. Hello and welcome to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy in Auckland, New Zealand. We are both Josh Addison and Dr. M. Dentith. And we're expecting a lot of rain. We are expecting a lot of rain, yes. Uh, I'm not sure how much of it I've said in the main episode and just in bonus episodes, but my house got a bit flooded back at the, start, at the end of January. And it's sounding like we're going to have a repeat performance, which would really suck, given that right now repairs in my house are going underway. It's full of industrial uh, dehumidifiers, and all of our furniture and belongings are packed in the easily floodable garage. Well, I mean, it is convenient. So, if you want your belongings damaged, you want them all in one place. Yes. So, so I do want to point out, listeners, as Josh was talking about the rain, he was actually looking out at the sky, trying to use his 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 sentry perception to go, is it actually about to rain or not? Mm. Well, the other thing is if the wind kicks up and they shut the Harbour Bridge, I live here now. That's true. Mm. That's true. Mm. I mean, you could technically do the long drive through the upper part of the North Shore, but that's where all the rain is. is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, rain, rain is occurring, is what we're saying, which has no specific bearing on this episode, apart well, but, from no, maybe a little bit of background Because noise. if we get to Factor 15, we can travel into the past and pre-warn you after I've attempted or achieved Factor 21 and been into the future to find out what happens next. Right. But, but I'm using Factor 21 now to get an idea as to what our conclusions about the Gateway experience are going to be. Mm. And the answer is... The sports tech... Oh, no, sorry, lost it, lost it. Yes, now that probably makes no sense to you listening to this, but that's your own fault for not having undergone the gateway process and entering the, the, the state of hemisync. If you did, all of this would become clear. Or, or you it? could just listen to the rest of this podcast and then it will start to become a bit clear, maybe? Well, or, may, or maybe not. Frankly, there's a lot to say here, yeah. so I think we should get into it right about now. 
Yes, we should. So we're talking about the gateway process slash the gateway experience. Seems to get called two different things, which is, I don't know, it, it gets called a CIA thing. It, it, it was kind of an independent thing that the CIA yeah, was, investigated. Yeah, it was one of those things a little bit like, well, we've talked in the past about the Stargate program yes. and all of the various weird science experiments that the Americans were engaged in during the Cold War because both Russia and the US, and I'm also assuming lots of other Probably, governments around yeah. the world, were trying to find angles or avenues of research which even if they thought were unlikely to achieve success, were worth looking into just in case they did. It's all part of actually the very long history of paranormal research mm. and parapsychism research that's gone on in the Western world. You think about the Society for Psychical Research, which starts off at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, and the concerted effort to try and find a scientific basis for telepathy, telekinesis, and the like. And that continues on during World War One and World War Two. So there's a very nice set of books about the way that the Allies were using magical practitioners like Alistair Crowley in World War Two on the notion that if there is something to it, we should probably be using them against our enemies across the ditch. And in the 40s, 50s and 60s, as you get the growing Cold War, both Russia and the US is going, I mean, we don't think there's actually much to the psychic stuff, but if there is... And if the Russians get their hands yeah, on it first... Then we need to make sure that we've got our finger on the mental trigger. Mm. And so the gateway process slash experiment experience is something which was developed independently of US intelligence agencies, but investigated by them at the same time that they were doing Project Stargate, at the same time they were running Skywalker Ranch and trying to cause goats to die. It was all part of a, mm. a grand panoply of exciting psychic research. Although this one, this one's interesting. It is. More, I would say more interesting mm. than, say, your standard remote viewing. Yes, I mean, the Stargate project specifically... Oh, I to go... Da, 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 da. Yes, we'll try, we'll try to keep a lid on that, but it probably won't work. The, the, the Stargate project seemed, was mostly, I think, about remote viewing. So it's looking into psychic phenomena, but it, the thing they seem most interested in is this idea that people could psychically see other places. And what they wanted to see were the location of Russian missile silos. Mm. And what's interesting, I always say what's interesting, because I find a lot of things interesting. What's interesting about the Project Stargate stuff was there seemed initially to be a high level of success of people doing remote viewing, and that people would go, there is a missile base here, and it has the shape of this, and people go, oh my god, they're right, we've actually just checked, and there is. And then other analysts went, that's because there's only certain locations where missile silos can be in the first place. They have to be located within proximity to X, Y, and Z. And also, like us, the Russians kind of use a prefabricated template as to how a missile silo would look. So, of course, the map they draw is accurate because all Russian missile silos are variations of a theme of about three different mm. building types. So... Stargate project started in 78, 
and it was terminated and, and partly declassified in 1995. Uh, Remember, at the same time that Stargate SG-1 mm. is being contemplated. Mm. Coincidence? Maybe not, actually. Mm. I don't know. There, there was a, a, a massive dump of declassified documents again in 2017, which is probably why we were talking about Project Stargate the first time. Would have been yeah. around 2017, yeah. yeah. So they did... Um, they found that they sort of conducted an independent uh, report into the whole program, which looked through their, their methodology and all that stuff, and it basically concluded, the information provided by remote viewing is vague and ambiguous, making it difficult, if not impossible, for the technique to yield information of sufficient quality and accuracy of information for actionable intelligence. Thus, we conclude the continued use of remote viewing and intelligence gathering operations is not warranted. So that was the end of that. But yes, the, we're going to be talking about... Stuff that started in the 50s, but the C's 50s, but the CIA got interested in it in the 1980s. So that's right in the middle of when all the Stargate stuff was going on. Indeed, indeed mm. it was. So we're going to be talking about a guy called Robert Monroe, who I'm assuming is responsible for the Monroe Doctrine. I don't think so. No, he was yeah. responsible for the Monroe Institute and Monroe Industries and Ram any... Enterprises. And Ram Enterprises. Yes, he was. Uh, the owner of a radio program production corporation called Ram Enterprises, and he was he was a big believer in sound. Sound. I mean, if, you were, if you're working in radio, you have to be you a, be, a very big be. believer in sound because the visual component to radio mm. not great. Oh, but he was he believed in all sorts of uses for sound, not just not just advertising and sending out music and what other whatever other stuff people put on the radio back in the 1950s. He thought that certain sound frequencies could affect the human mind, could, could promote expanded states of consciousness. Well, this is around about the time where people are actually investigating what happens if you put one tone in the left ear and a tone at a different frequency in the right ear, and the fact that you actually get very interesting sound differentials. So you get what's in a kind of ticking sound, even mm. though there is no... There's no tick in the actual sound. The brain is going, well, that ear, here's one thing, that ear, I have to find a way to kind of reconcile it. So there's a lot of experimentation as to how does sound affect the brain? And also the interest in the fact that because the brain is covered by this really thin liquid membrane, which vibrates according mm. to sound, guess, oh, what is the sound doing to the brain? Uh, it's not just hearing, what is the, how is the brain receiving sound? Mm, yes. So in 1958, he formed a research and development division inside his RAM Enterprises um, to study the effect that sound has on human consciousness. Uh, at the time, he was particularly interested in the idea of sleep learning, which we think of th th that old episode of The Simpsons where Homer plays audio th tapes to himself at night and, and, and they mix up the quit smoking one with a... With a vocabulary one other and he learns a bunch of stuff in his sleep this actually isn't that apparently it's more like techniques not not to teach you stuff you didn't know while you sleep but to reinforce the stuff you've already learned so it wasn't i gather you know it, it was a sound waves weird tones sort of thing rather than just voices telling you stuff it's playing particular tones in your ears while you sleep which will supposedly help solidify the information you've already learned previously yeah it was kind of designed to excite a part of the brain which is meant to be putting stuff into long-term memory. Mm. Now, he talks 
He talks about experiencing, quote, sensations of paralysis and vibration accompanied by bright light when he was, because he was doing these experiments on himself. Um, he, he said this happened a bunch of times and culminated in what he referred to as an out-of-body experience. An OBE? Yes, so I don't know... Are they given out by the Queen? They are, yeah. The Queen gives you out-of-body experiences. Ooh, so I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming Charles will continue giving people out-of-body experiences I'd have to after assume, his yeah. coronation, I believe. Mm. Mm. I believe once he's had the royal ointments put upon his forehead and he's blessed according to the gods, he can just willy-nilly provide out-of-body experiences for anyone. Mm. But not Harry. No, not Harry, no. He's out on his ear. Now, in fact, I don't know if Mr. Munro invented the term out-of-body experience, but he very definitely, he, he's the one who brought the term into the popular consciousness. We, we use the word, we use the phrase out-of-body experience basically because of him and a book he wrote, which we'll get to shortly. But in 1962, Ram Enterprises renamed itself to Munro Industries, and this corporate research program into all the sound business became the Monroe Institute, which exists to this day. And it sells tapes. It sells tapes that you can listen to to undergo the gateway process yourself. Which... Although if you don't want to buy those tapes, I'd recommend going to the Internet Archive, which has an awful lot of their material available online for people to download and mm. listen to. Yes, we were thinking about maybe getting some and, and playing it to you so you could get an idea, but they are still copyrighted, I they believe. Are. So yeah. we'd, they are. They actually a surprisingly a large amount of copyrighted material on the Internet mm. Archive. Almost every Amazon Audible book is available on the Internet Archive. Now, I'm not saying you should go and listen to Amazon audiobooks available on the Internet Archive, but strangely enough, almost all of them are there. Mm. Mm. Just saying. Very curious. Just Very curious. Now, I couldn't see, in, in, in what I read about this, I couldn't see exactly when they started referring to this as the gateway process and why specifically they called it the gateway process, but they did. It's the gateway to your mind, yeah, it'll Joshua. Yeah, it'll be something like that. So in 1971, Mr Munro published his book, Journeys Out of the Body, and this was the book in which he introduced the world to the term out-of-body experience as he described these consciousness-expanding phenomena he experienced while, while squirting sound waves into his brain or something. Squirting? I assume. That's it's, it's how it works. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Sorry. When you put headphones on and you're listening to something, do you have the experience of the sound being squirted into your ears? If you know a better word for it, I'd like to hear it, but I don't believe one exists. I mean, I mean you're right, yes. but at the same time, I mm. do like the notion that your headphones are just squirting sounds. They are. It's like a, like a milking machine in reverse. So, so the, the whole point, the whole point of the, the whole gateway process thing is you're supposed to use sound waves um, to stimulate stimulate the brain in such a way that both your left hemisphere and right hemisphere become synchronized. And this is the hemisync he talks about. And apparently, when you're in the state of hemisync, both hemispheres of yeah, your brain are hemisphere acting, sync. Yeah. acting acting uh, in sync synchronicity. Yeah, there's an awful lot of left brain, right brain mm. stuff in yes. this, which is one of those things which was really popular back in the 50s, 60s, 80s, and even 90s. I left out the 70s there for some reason. Who knows Who what knows happened the in the 70s? If you remember, but you weren't there. brain, right brain stuff is no longer quite de rigueur in neuroscience. No, yeah, I think they know it's a bit, it's a bit of an oversimplification. It's yeah. not like... Especially since any neurosurgeon will point out the, if you're when you do surgery on the brain, 
They don't quite, like, they've got a vague idea as to what regions of the brain do things, but every patient is slightly different. Mm. In fact, one of the theories about speech disfluency, and there are a lot of theories about speech disfluency, but one theory about speech disfluency is the Broca region, which is responsible for speech, might be replicated in both hemispheres for some people with speech disfluency. Mm. So the corpus callosum, which is a part of the brain which basically negotiates what happens between the left and the right hemisphere, might get confused if there are two parts of the brain trying to speak at the same time, and the corpus callosum is going, slow down, so no, no, no. Mm. What, One at no, a time, yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Now, as I say, there are a lot of theories about speech disfluency. No one's entirely sure as to what's going on. The theory which seems to apply to my speech disfluency is that children who go from creeping to walking and don't go through a crawling stage lack dexterity between left and right and thus develop speech disfluency for that particular hmm. rationale. And I, I, I was a creepy child and then I was a walky child, but I was never a crawly child. Well, how about that? I know. I've long suspected. Yep, but anyway, I've, I've been a creep for a mm, long time. Back to Hemisync. So in 1975, Mr. Munro actually registered uh, the first of what would be a bunch of patents for this, this technology for, for um, generating the, the Hemisync state in a person. And, apparently, and being in Hemisync, ah, what, what doesn't it do, being in Hemisync? It, it I mean, expands I your mean, consciousness I and mean, lets you see through time. It allows you to transport yourself, you can go forward, you can go, you can go backwards through time at one level, but if you get even more advanced, you go forward mm. through time. You can go to Mars. I assume, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Uh, well, because there's no breathable atmosphere there and I would die. Okay, sure, fine, fine. Gonna be all negative about it. I mean, Elon Musk wants <clears throat> us to go to Mars. We should be very suspicious of anything Elon Musk wants us to do. Well, you know, that's true, I'll give you that. So in the 80s, in the 80s, the CIA, I guess having seen these, um, these patents get registered, having read his book, having heard about his stuff, they think, well, since we're looking into all this other psychic stuff... We might as well add one should, to the list. Yeah, probably should have a look into this gateway process. So, in 1983, um, a report was... They released a report called Analysis and Assessment of Gateway Process. Uh, this was declassified in 2003. You can read it online. Um, it's all available. There's a... Um, if, if, you, if you sort of search for it, there's, they have a website, they have a web page where they've just done really bad OCR on, on, a, on the original scanned, the, the, the scan of the original typed document. Uh, it has no, no line breaks, so it's a, a 30 pages worth of text in a single lump. So um, I, I copied and pasted, a few, I don't know about you, when I was copying and pasting bits from it, I had to read the PDF and then, then I could hunt through the massive block of text. because uh, you're on a Windows PC. I just took the PDF, took a screenshot of, of it and used Mac OS's native uh, OCR ability to just Oh, even cut more and paste. OCR. Anyway, so it's, it's 30 pages, or almost 30 pages long, I think. It was written by Lieutenant Colonel Wayne M. McDonnell. Commander of the U.S. Army Operational Group from Fort Meade. Yes, well, I didn't know, so that was that was it's addressed to oh, the commander. So yeah, he's, he he is reporting to to the commander. Um, You're right. A lieutenant colonel is not going, going to no, be a commander. No, and yeah, I mean, so he's he's take he's fairly rigorous about the whole thing. He does a whole well, lot of he's well, rigorous I'm, about it. He's detailed about yeah, it anyway. In a way which so the introduction of it is interesting. Once again, everything is mm -hmm. interesting, but this one is particularly interesting because 
Wayne in McDonald does quite a lot of scene setting before he gets to the analysis of the Gateway Experience. So let me just read you a section from the beginning. Initially, based on conversations with physician, with a physician who took the gateway training with me, I had recourse to the biomedical models developed by Utzak Bentov to obtain information concerning the physical aspects of the process. Then I found it necessary to delve into various sources for information concerning quantum mechanics in order to be able to describe the nature and functioning of human consciousness. I had to be able to construct a scientifically valid and reasonably lucid model of how consciousness functions under the influence of the brain hemisphere synchronization technique employed by Gateway. Once this was done, the next step involved recourse to theoretical physics in order to explain the character of the space-time dimension and the means by which expanded human consciousness transcends it in achieving Gateway objectives. Finally, I again found it necessary to use physics to bring the whole phenomenon of out-of-body states into the language of physical science to remove the stigma of its occult connotations and put it in a frame of reference suited to objective assessment. Now, the bit which gets me is I had to build a theory of consciousness. Mm. We're still working on that today, but this, yes. he builds one, he assumes it, and then he just moves forward. Yes, so, I mean, he's doing more than just, say... Experimenting with it, yeah. He's not just going through the gateway process and then saying, "Okay, can I see through time?" Hmm. He's he's building up a whole theoretical framework. He starts, I believe, talking about the the various known mind-altering techniques at the time. He talks about hypnotism and what that does to the brain. He talks about transcendental meditation and the effects that has on the brain. He talks about biofeedback and all of that sort of stuff, and then goes into then then how this is these are all differ from the hemi-sync. State. Yep, there's an entire section devoted to how holograms function, mm-hmm. which is fine up until the point where it says, well, the universe is a hologram and brains are also holograms, and brains work by synchronizing their holograms with universal holograms. I was going, you were really good on the hologram stuff up until the point you started making very bold claims about the universe and then individual brains. Yeah. So yeah, it gets very very quantum. I mean, it's all it's all about um, vibrational frequencies, and the idea that you know you, what what you're doing in the hemisync process is that you're setting you're, you're tuning into the correct frequency to be able to, to 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 access these aspects of the universe and things like that. Very quantum, or indeed, as I noticed, your your genius Apple OCR <laughs> quantum quantum mechanics. Quantum. It is according also, to your notes. There's also uh, rather than occult, occult connotations. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a very, very bad PDF. So it is, to, to be fair. Uh, it's also yes. one of those cases where Google <clears throat> was responsible for scanning and placing the information online. Didn't really care no. as to whether they'd orientated the page quickly. So there are some great Dutch angles mm. in the actual P- PDF itself. But anyway, so he's he's, um, he's certainly very sure of himself as Lieutenant Colonel McDonnell. Um, and, and he's quite sure of the gateway process as well, that he's, he's, um, he's, he's understood it, and not, not just understood it, but understood the universe as well. I mean, so to skip slightly to the end, what's going to be intriguing about about McDonald 
is of course he's going to end up basically doing work for the Monroe Institute. He sure is. And it all this almost feels as if he's writing a thesis to explain how the gateway experience should be understood to work. Yes. It's not really an assessment of does, does it, it work? work? Mm. It's a I've given you a theoretical understanding that if we accept these postulates, then in theory, the gateway experience should be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. It's not really an assessment of, can I see into the future? It's in a world where this is the theoretical mo model, I could see into the future. Yes. So he basically, it, it, uh, 20 odd pages later, the whole report concludes with an endorsement, I, I don't think you could call it anything else, of the process, a summary of how, how the government might want to implement the process, and then what you might get of it. And I thought, there's a bit there, but it's probably worth reading out in full, because there's some good stuff in oh, there. Oh yeah, so shall we, you, you read I'll start the, and then yeah. we'll take one of the, yeah. the points yeah. each in turn, yeah. So he, said, he concludes, there is a sound rational basis in terms of physical science parameters for considering gateway to be plausible in terms of its essential yeah, plausible. objectives. Plausible. Mm. Intuitional insights of not only personal but of a practical and professional nature would seem to be within bounds of reasonable expectations. However, a phased approach for entering the gateway experience in an accelerated mode would seem to be required if the time needed to reach advanced states of altered consciousness is to be brought within more manageable limits from the standpoint of establishing an organisation-wide exploitation of gateway's potential. The most promising approach suggested in the foregoing study involves the following steps. A. Begin by using the gateway hemisync tapes to achieve enhanced brain focus and to induce Hemisphere synchronization. So B. listen to some tapes. Listen to some tapes. B, then add strong REM sleep frequencies to induce left brain quiescence and deep physical relaxation. I do like deep physical relaxation. Mm, I like a bit of quiescence myself. Well, you would do because mm. you're, you're a pervert. Mm. C, provide hypnotic suggestion designed to enable an individual to induce deep auto-hypnotic state at will. At will. D. Use auto-hypnotic suggestion to maintain much enhanced focus of concentration and motivation in rapidly progressing through focus 12. We didn't actually talk about the numbers though. Yeah, so the they're basically focuses. a little bit like Scientology. There are different levels of focus and the more focused you become, going from focus 1 up to now we've got focus 12, the more effective the hemisync mm. technology is, and the more you can then do mentally with the technology. Mm. I mean, as we're about to see, at focus 12, you've got kind of enhanced concentration and motivation. Uh, once we get to focus 15 to 21. Now we're seeing yeah. through time. Yeah. yeah. All right, so E. Then repeat steps A and B following use of the auto-hypnotic suggestion that an out-of-body movement will occur and be remembered. Mm. And that's the important part, is that you're probably having OBEs all the time, but the Hemisync technology allows you to recall and store those OBEs. Yes, yes, the whole auto-hypnotism auto business. You're sort of, he's talking about, I guess, reprogramming your own brain. Yeah. To hacking, hacking your brain. This, to a large extent, reminds me of... Oh, now, I've forgotten the name of the... There used to be a fairly prominent magazine in the 1980s, which was all about you know, 
technologies that they, that they don't want you to know, know about. And I remember my uncle Basil buying this magazine all the time. And they had a section on inducing vivid dreams, the kind mm. of dreams where you know your inner dream. And the processes by which you can actually initiate vivid dreaming. And it reads an awful lot like that. If you just set yeah. yourself up in the right way, you can have a waking dream. Mm. Well, it's actually, it turns out what you're doing is you're suggesting to yourself you should have a dream where you think you're aware you're in the dream, in the dream. Mm. So you're probably still dreaming, but the dream contains within it the narrative that you're awake during the dream state. Yes. Uh, what are we up to? If. If repeat step E, which as I recall was repeat steps A and B, but never yeah. mind. Repeat step E to achieve facility in gaining out-of-body state under conscious control. Alter hypnotic suggestion to stress ability to consciously control out-of-body movement and maintain it even after REM sleep state ends. G. Approach focus 15 and 21 objectives, escape from space-time, and interact with new dimensions from the out-of-body perspective. Mm, it is nice how it just jumps from that. Auto-hypnotism, control your sleeping state, see through time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, H. Use multi-focus approach to solve problem of distortion and terrestrial information gathering trips. This approach involves the use of three individuals in the out-of-body state, one viewing the target object here in time-space, one viewing it at focus 15 as it slips in the immediate past, and one viewing it at focus 21 as it slips from the immediate future. Debrief all three and compare data gathered from the three points of view, if care is taken to ensure that the three all go out of body together in the same environment, their consciousness energy systems should resonate in sympathetic oscillation. They can tune in to the same target on different planes, bracket dimensions, with greater effectiveness. This is Minority Report, isn't it? It is, basically. <clears throat> three, uh, it's a three-body problem as well. Mm. So, focus 15 is the point where you can use your out-of-body experience to experience the past and focus 21 is where you can use your out-of-body experience to experience the future so basically once you get to a, a particular hemi-sync state you can transcend time and they want you to be able to transcend time by leaving your body now earlier focuses allow you to see your own past but at focus 15 you can experience any event mm. in the past. And so, of course, we are talking about remote viewing here. The, we are, this, is, yeah. this is a very, he's specifically talking about here, here's how you do the remote viewing. You have one person psychically viewing the thing you want to view in the present and then also in the past and the future and compare notes to make sure we get it right, which, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good bit of, bit, of, bit of redundancy, I guess. You want some, some well, and, that, and you say and... Minority Report, the film which has the idea of three psychics basically looking for future crimes. Mm. You, you kind of want the idea of having more than one mind looking at the issue is a very clever way of going, well, we're very sure about our data set. It's not just random observation which might be subject to interpretation. We've got two other minds confirming the information at this time. Mm. That brings us to I. Encourage pursuit of full self-knowledge by all individuals involved in the foregoing experiments to enhance objectivity in out-of-body observation and thinking and to remove personal energy blockages likely to retard rapid progress. No cock blocking. Hate those personal energy blockages. 
Now, my personal favourite, and not just because it's point J and my name starts with J. Be intellectually prepared to react to possible encounters with intelligent, non-corporeal energy forms when time-space boundaries are exceeded. Sorry, is that a quote from, Sa from Sapphire and Steel? It seems to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've gone from Minority Report to From Beyond or something. We're... Like, so, so, you, so, so, by the way, once you've transcended the bounds of space-time, you may encounter otherworldly non-corporeal energy beings. Just putting it out there, just something you want to be ready for. Yeah, and you have to be intellectually prepared mm. to not just scream and run away. You should mm. have a conversation with these, yes. with these people. They have people. much to teach us, I'm sure. And it to, uh, to K. Arrange to have groups of people in Focus 12 state unite their altered consciousness to build holographic patterns around sensitive areas to repulse possible unwanted out-of-body presences. Right, so now we're going on the defensive. Yep, we now need we to are. make sure that... Because if we can do it, the Russians can do yeah, it. Yeah, so you need to be making sure your missile silos have a whole bunch of Focus 12 individuals in their hemisync state, repelling people who might be looking at it. Although, frankly, if I was the other side and I suddenly found there are points in America mm. that I couldn't remote view, I'd be going, that's probably where we need to be aiming yes. our missiles at. Mm. And finally, L, encourage more advanced gateway participants to build holographic patterns of successful attainment and rapid progress for advanced colleagues to assist them in progressing through the gateway system. Which so is basically a, a pyramid scheme now. It is a bit, yes. Yeah, once, yeah. Once, once you've successfully gone through the gateway experience, get two other people mm. to go through it as well, and then their Focus 12 will then am amplify your Focus 15 and Focus 21 states, and, you know, then it's just money, money, money. Mm. And so he finishes by saying, if these experiments are carried through, it is to be hoped that we will truly find a gateway to gateway and to the realm of practical application for the whole system of techniques which comprise it. So, yeah, Lieutenant Colonel McDonnell is clearly a believer in the gateway process. Yeah, so much so that he went to work for the Monroe Institute. He did. So, yeah, I first heard about the gateway process recently. There's a podcast I listen to sometimes called Otherworld, which is just people talking about weird experiences they've had. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are basically ghost stories. Here's the spooky thing that happened to me. A lot of them are just... There's stuff... I, I don't know. It's A lot of it's stuff that's just a bit weird, and the guy will... The, 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 the host will sort of talk to these people, and they say, this, this weird thing happens to me, and the host will be like, yeah, that is weird. And they can't really say much more than that. But they talked about... They did an episode recently about Project Gateway, having previously talked to a person who had these... who'd found they supposedly had these psychic abilities to see different times and places and stuff. They then uh, did one on, here's this government project that uh, was devoted to giving people the ability to see different times and places and stuff. And yeah, they, they attached quite a bit of significance to the fact that uh, Lieutenant Colonel McDonnell went, after he left the military, he then went and joined, became the director of the Monroe Institute. So they basically like, well, look, this guy, this Lieutenant Colonel in the, in the um, US Armed Forces, in the CIA, believed in it strongly enough that afterwards he actually went out, you know, went, went straight to the source of the people who were doing it. So surely that means there's something to it. Or... He just used this report as a way of getting another job. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so it's very yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of I don't want to say hand waving, but a lot of a lot of sort of appealing to uh, phenomena as though they were very concrete scientific things, when in fact they're they're a lot less firm 
than they, they than they are making out. A lot of theories, which these days are known to be, I mean, like the like like the the, the left brain right brain stuff, things which at the time we, we sort of said with a bit of definiteness, which now we know uh, it's really not as it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, it is one of those things where there's been a lot of changes on our understanding of the physiognomy of the human body. I mean, most of us were taught in schools that the tongue has five distinctive taste mm. receptive points. And now people go, well, that's, that's, that's not actually true yeah, that's at all. Not, that's no, not there true are five kinds all. of receptors, but they're not yeah, grouped but into they're, different But yeah, they're, they're just ran they are kind of randomly placed around the mm. tongue and also in the nasal cavity. Yes, all that sort of stuff. Uh, one thing people have pointed out is that report, it's, while it's almost 20 pages, page 25 of the report is missing. The thing is, it's not, it's kind of not obviously missing given just the general nonsense of the report itself. It is a bit. So pe people have apparently sort of put in uh, Official Information Act requests to find out what happened to page 25 and the CIA has basically said, oh God, I don't know. We, we don't have it. It's probably probably fell down the back yeah. of a filing cabinet or I something. I mean, but this is 1983. Mm. It's a, yeah, it's a typed, it, yeah, it's a typed, typed it, yeah, it's report. Not, it's, not, it's not a document made on a word processor where someone saved the file. MacDonald mm. typed this report out, presumably based upon written notes, but it is very likely a single copy of the report existed. Or maybe if there were multiple copies, only one was kept at the very mm. end for putting into the archives. And pages go missing in situations like that. And they can't be easily recreated by appealing to, oh, can you type, because no, I can't type that up again because I don't know what was on page mm. 25. So yes, I think the, the article, which was, it was the Vice article, I think, that was reading that summarised all this, suggested maybe it's a test. Maybe once we've fully mastered the gateway process, we can go back in time and find page 25. I'm just going to achieve my focus 15 state here, and I'm going to travel back in time to Langley, and I'm going to the folder, and it is a page filled with the doodlings of I can't say. Oh, that's a shame. Giant dicks. Mm, probably, actually, yeah. Giant dicks. Let that be the, let that be the moral, let that, let that be the theme for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy this week. Because that's basically what we've got to say about uh, Project Gateway. It is, as you say, interesting. Yeah, it's not... Well, I mean, it's conspiratorial in the sense of there are lots of conspiracy theories around if the CIA investigated all of these things, like Project Star, Stargate, the Gateway exper ex Experience, etc., etc., why are they not in common use today? And so the suppressed technology conspiracy theories go, oh, they, they are in use. They just don't want you to know mm. they're in use. Whilst the more prosaic explanation that other people put forward is, well, I mean, they investigated these things because there was a fear the other side might successfully weaponize techniques of this kind. But by and large, the people in the CIA and upper management didn't think anything was going to happen. They just went, mm, precautionary principle, we need to investigate them just in case it turns mm. out they're true. And so the reason why they're not being used, although we should point out the Gateway Experience is still something you can yep. purchase tapes for. You can for go, the Monroe Institute exists. It's just it doesn't seem that anyone in the intelligence agency is using it, is that this report suggests maybe it could work, 
And then they found out, well, it, it could work, but it doesn't. Doesn't seem to, no, no. So there you go. That's Project Gateway for you. Um, so I guess there's, there's not much else to do but uh, talk about the bonus episode we're going to be recording in a second for our beloved patrons, they who are of, of, of greater moral rectitude than anyone else. The people who are most likely to have ch achieved Focus 21. Mm, yeah. Focus 22, even, I imagine they're at mm, by now. Maybe even Focus 23. Mm. Almost certainly. So, I mean, obviously, we, we, we don't actually need to tell our patrons this because they're able to look forwards in time and see what's going to be in the bonus content. But for the rest of you, if you want to become a patron, um, you'll hear our bonus episode. But it's, it's kind of all journalism, all journalists. Journalists getting in hot water, I yeah, think, is the well, theme we, of this, this e I mean, bonus we, episode. We can't not talk about Tucker Carlson. No, we can't. Uh, we kind of have to also mention Don Lemon, although I think for most people outside the US, we don't know who Don Not a big Lemon is. I've heard the name Don Lemon, but yeah, I don't know a lot about the name. And for local news, an interesting update on the Mr. Organ story. Indeed. So if you want to hear about that uh, and you're a patron, well, you already know about that because you, you've transcended space-time to find out for yourselves. Um, if you'd like to become a patron... Uh, which will get, give you access to uh, our bonus episodes, to our discourse server, and of course to our multi-part program and how to expand your consciousness in such a way as to as to see through time. Um, go to patreon.com and look for the podcaster's guide to the con conspiracy and just sign yourself up. Indeed. It's that easy. Indeed. Mm. But until then, uh, until next week, I have nothing more to say, so I'm going to say nothing more apart from goodbye. Goodbye. The podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy stars Josh Addison and myself, Associate Professor M.R.X. Denter. Our show's conspiracy producers are Tom and Philip, plus another mysterious anonymous donor. You can contact Josh and myself at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider joining our Patreon. And remember, the truth is out there but not quite where you think you left it.